Spirit summarize what we have learned so far. And I pray that Holy Spirit will interpret into our hearts more than I can share this morning. Now, if we start by familiarizing ourselves with who Hestra was. Hestra was a prophet in the Bible. He was a scribe. And he was recorded about him that he was a great teacher of the law of the Lord. Amen. In chapter 1 of Ezra. In verse 1. The Lord used an unbelieving king, King Cyrus, to fulfill the scripture, to fulfill his words that were spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to put it in writing. Based on this, Ezra was able to mobilize his people to rebuild the temple of the Lord that was in ruin. And what are we to learn from there, from that chapter 1? God has sent us to build his temple. And we must remember that our home body is the temple of the living God, which must be kept holy. And when we have been given position, it must not come to our head. We must know the group, the class we belong to in the body of Christ. And it is important for us to operate in our grace. We must not envy one another and we must function in the areas we have been placed to serve. And we saw these attributes demonstrated in the life of Ezra. I'll move us to chapter 2. In chapter 2 of Ezra was when Ezra began to number the people, the exiles, who were to return to Jerusalem. And there in verse 62 and 63, there are key things to learn. Ezra searched for some key people People who are meant to be leaders like maybe pastors, deacons, deaconesses, head of departments, and everyone meant to be there. And some were missing. And because they could not be seen, they could not be found, they were excluded from serving. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. If we look at verse 62 and 63, it says, this search for their family records, but they could not find them, and so were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. The governor ordered them not to eat any of the most sacred food until there was a priest ministering with the urine and chumin. We have to take our duty um, very seriously can imagine if no one was here this morning to set up the altar, the technical people are not here, even no one assigned to preach, you will all feel disappointed. 
How much more, God? Our place no one will take in Jesus' name. Another key thing that I want us to learn from that chapter 2, if we look at 69, verse 69 and 70, please. According to their ability, they gave to this treasury for this work 61,000 drachmas of gold, 5,000 minas of silver, 100 priestly garments. The priests, the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, and the temple servants settled in their own towns along with some of other people and the rest of the Israelites settled in their towns. When the work of God is being called, we should not exclude ourselves. Oh, I don't have a job. Oh, I don't have this. Even if in our current position, we cannot give financially. We can give our time. We can give our prayers. And the Lord will enable us in Jesus' name. In chapter 3. This was, I believe we are learning something this morning. I'm just summarizing. And then I will recap as the Holy Spirit enables me. This was when they actually had to build the temple. And why was it necessary for them to build, for Ezra to build the temple with the people? Because temple, tent life needed to cease. Prior to this time, they were just moving from place to, to place, living in tents, living in booths. That reminded me of our history in this church when we didn't have our own permanent place and were moving from place to place. It was not conducive, but faithful people still remain up to today. So it was, they needed to rebuild the temple because all the children of God were scattered at the time and we experienced that as well. When we were moving from one place to another, some people... They couldn't bear the effort. They were not patient enough. And they could not foresee the time we are now. So they moved away and left. But we thank God that some of us are still remaining. We can see the faithfulness of God in our lives. So the temple needed to be built. And they gathered people together as one unit in building the temple. And they started from the altar because the altar is a sacred place. And we can liken the altar to our hearts today. Once our heart is taken over, the whole of our bodies will be consumed. When God is leading us to bring people to Christ, we must pray for their hearts to be changed. And why should our hearts be touched? So that we can offer genuine sacrifice to God. And after the temple was built, they offered burnt sacrifices unto the Lord. And that's why the altar is sacred and there must be orderliness in the temple. When the altar was built, worship was restored in Jerusalem. Chapter 4. In chapter 4, as they were building the, the temple... Opposition arose. Some, at at the time, even I can liken it to our church then. 
they pretended to be Christians, to be born again, to be friends of this church. But indeed, they were not friends. And there's nothing under the sun, even in the time of Ezra, there were people who pretended to be helping, to wanted to help them to build the temple. But in no time, they became envious, and it was obvious. The enemies of Israel pretended to come and build the temple with them. And we must know that in building the work in the temple or in doing the work of God, we cannot compromise or come down. In building the work of in doing the work of the ministry, there will always be accusation. Some will accuse you, you don't have love, you know this, you know that. But we must know that we are serving the Almighty God. Uh, we are only accountable to God. And once our work is pleasing to God, it will be pleasing to men who are genuine in their ways. In Ezra 4, 21, it says, Now, issue an order to these men to stop the work so that this city will not rebuild until I so order. Some men went to accuse, to, to say to the king, Oh, these men, in time past, when they had the power, they would bring the kingdom down. And all these false accusations, we still experience that in this time. But the Lord will enable us to tackle opposition with wisdom and guidance from God as was um, visible in Ezra time. We must be careful not to be less astray by those who pretend to be Christians, but they are liars. And we must control our temper as well. Because many are times where we want to be on the Lord's side. Narrow is the way that leads to heaven. It will be like a lonely voice sometimes when you do not compromise, when you take your stand in God. Or it pays at the end of the day. And the Lord will help us. Chapter 5. In chapter 5, they became bold, despite all the opposition. And during that opposition, I think they stopped, the work stopped for about 16 years. Bible scholars, yes, I'm right. 16 years. After 16 years, courage came again and prophets Agai and Jeremiah prophesied to them and helped them and they were able to continue the work of the Lord and they were strengthened in no, no matter what we are going through no matter what situation or circumstance this is an assurance to us that someone somewhere will always, will always come to encourage us and support us Amen. So they became bold again, and God answered their prayers, and they were able to rebuild the temple. In chapter 6, Darius, that was when Darius, another king, approved the rebuilding of the temple, and the work was completed because the gracious hand of God was with them. And then, when that was completed, they celebrated the feast of the Passover 
in that chapter 7. It's chapter 6, I beg your pardon. And the feast of the Passover can be likened to Holy Communion that we separate now, we celebrate now as born again in remembrance of Jesus' coming because he paid and he shed his blood once and for all on the cross of Calvary. And so there was no need for atonement or sacrificing rams and bulls and all the rest of that because Jesus paid the price once and for all and he did command that we should do it in remembrance of him. Amen. Chapter 7. In chapter 7, we saw that the gracious hand of God was upon Ezra because he made the work of God a priority. And it was said of him in verse 10 that he devoted himself, Ezra devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching his decrees and laws in Israel. When we devote ourselves to the Lord, there's always gain. There's always gain. Because it says, if we are willing and obedient, we will eat the best of the land. And when we hide the word of God in our hearts, we will not sin against him. That was well, verse, Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Your word have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Amen. This, this is an example to be emulated in Ezra. Because we, we noted in the scripture that he didn't have time for things that were worthless. And it was accounted to him as, as being a diligent man. Everything he did was with diligence. And that was a key word that our mother used a lot. When we are diligent, we'll be, and we could see, even when they were taking account of the treasures that was returned to them, it was recorded there that he accounted to, for everything to the last single thing that was being taken but returned by the unbelieving king. It takes a diligent person to be able to do that. The Lord will give us that spirit of diligence in Jesus' name. And we can liken Ezra 7.10 to Joshua 1.8 where we are encouraged to not let the book of the law depart from our mouth. We have to meditate upon it day and night because by so doing, we make our way prosperous and the Lord will help us. In Ezra 7.11, the king decreed in a letter he wrote to Ezra that he could take as many people as he wished. He wished. The seven advisors of the king advised him as well and he was given the opportunity to manage the resources in line with God's will. He was given that liberty because even the unbelieving king saw his diligence as well. And he was allowed to even appoint governors and people to be in place because of his diligence. He says in Ezra 7.25, 
in accordance with the wisdom of your God, which you possess, appoint magistrates and judges to administer justice, justice to all the people of trans-Euphrates, all who know the laws of your God, and you are to teach any who do not know them. If we are conversant with the word of God, it will spill over to the way we carry our affairs in our daily work, and we will not falter in any way. Diligence will make a Christian not to go late to work. Diligence will make a Christian not to take even a simple pen or a paper that does not belong to him or her from work. It takes somebody that is trustworthy to be able to do that. And we saw this outstanding spirit in Ezra, which we are to emulate as children of God as well. When we take God as priority, when we are trustworthy, indeed God will honor us and glorify us. Well, an example to also note in Ezra, if we look at Ezra 7:26 and 27, when he was given the honor to just a, a man of God, appoint magistrates, appoint all these key people to administer justice. And if you note, in line with the law of your God, and if, you are not, if anyone does not know the law of your God, teach them. They must have found that. The king at the time must, must have found that he's full of the word of God. We need the word of God. Because when we have the word of God, it will direct us in any affairs of our lives. Amen. In there, verse 27. Praise, that was after. If we start from 26, please. Whoever does not obey the law of your God and the law of the king must surely be punished by death, banishment, confiscation of property, or imprisonment. Praise be to the Lord, the God of our Father, who has put it into the king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem in this way. This was somebody who is or who was very humble I should say because when as a man of God he was given that privilege he didn't say oh it's because of my wisdom it's because of my know-how my intelligence I have PhD and blah 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 he praised the king of heaven and that is for us to emulate as well when we are given titles or position or privilege, it should not get to our head if we are chosen out of the many people to maybe represent our organization or even handle the things of God. We should not become, not allow our head to swell beyond measure because that is pride and pride leads to destruction. The Lord will help us. We could see when, when, when Ezra was given this privilege, the strength of God rose in him and as he was honored. And he acknowledged the king as well. He didn't just say, he acknowledged God. He gave honor to whom honor is due as well. Just like 
We have men and women of God in the temple. We have our parents who God used to birth this ministry. They deserve honor. The leaders who have good reports, they deserve double honor. Amen. Chapter 8, please. In chapter 8, the exile returned to Jerusalem. They prayed, they fasted. And one key thing we also mention about Ezra, the priest, he, we, we, many of us when we were sharing during the week, we, we, we spoke about his ability to gather people together, his democratic style of leadership, where he didn't just, with all the wisdom that he was given, and with all the knowledge and privilege that was accorded to him, he didn't just think he could do everything by himself. He, he spoke with the people. He listened to the people. He mingled with the people. Like the example we see in this place, where our father and our mother and all the pastors, they talked to the people. They didn't just oh, keep distance from the people. And this style of leadership we saw in Ezra as well. And that was why he was able to do a lot and accomplished. he was able to accomplish his mission. People in chapter 8 humbled themselves and they fasted, they prayed after they got that victory and they go ahead and they were able to complete the work of the Lord. And we also saw there in Ezra 8:28-39 something that is important for us to take note of I said to them these were the people leaders that were appointed to carry all the articles of gold silver and if you have not been in, in bible study book of Ezra is a book, good book for you to go and read and study at home and the holy spirit will enable enable you to understand more and interpret more into your heart. In there, Ezra made people to understand that the article they were carrying was holy to the Lord. They themselves were holy and precious in the sight of God, just like we are holy this time, because God called us his holy priesthood, a peculiar people. And that's why we must not be the one that we, we are in a place far away. We don't know that our brothers and sisters will be there. They saw, they saw us using verbal abuse and doing things that are unbefitting of children of God. We must remember, as we have been learning for the past few weeks, that we are born to rule. We need to be set apart in our appearance. People must see us without us opening our words, our mouths to speak, that we are carriers of God's glory, and we are children of God. We are Christ-like in whatever we do. I said to them, you as well as these articles are consecrated to the Lord. The silver and gold are a free will offering to the Lord, the God of your fathers. Guide them carefully until you weigh them 
out in the chambers of the house of the Lord in Jerusalem before the leading priests and the Levites and the family heads of Israel. Then the priests and the Levites received the silver and gold and sacred articles that had been weighed out to be taken to the house of our God in Jerusalem. One key thing there, there was no note that we need to bear in in mind, like you said before. We, our household, our children, everything that we possess, we are holy to the Lord. And we need to guide ourselves, our children, everything that is entrusted into our care. We need to know that they are holy unto the Lord. Amen. Having done all this, having been able to accomplish all this, and God was with the people. Then, in chapter 9, Ezra was told, unfortunately, that the people were marrying unbelievers, people who were serving idol worshippers. And it started from the leaders. And when Ezra heard this, he was greatly troubled. He tore his clothes. He pulled his hair from his head and beard. And sat down, shocked. Because he couldn't believe in Ezra 9. He was told that the holy race has become polluted. In verse 2. They have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their son, and have mingled the holy race with the peoples around them. And the leaders and officials have left the way in this unfaithfulness. When I heard this, I tore my tunic and cloak, pulled my hair from my head and beard, and sat down appalled. Then everyone who trembled at the words of the, of the God of Israel gathered around me because of this unfaithfulness of the exile. And I sat there appalled unto the evening sacrifice. You, you, we could see, we've been talking about the type of person Ezra was. Although he was not involved in this unfaithfulness and these atrocities that were committed by the leaders, and some of the people. But on their behalf, he was greatly distressed. And he carried on on in this state. Pulled his hair. It must be painful. Because he he felt the pain for God. Because he, he, he could have imagined. You put yourself in the position of maybe some of us are parents. You've labored, you've toiled over your child. And then only for your child, maybe became a millionaire. The child you've raised, that's not our portion anyway, just using that example. And then you've raised the child in the church and then they become millionaire or in a high position. Then said, I don't want to know God again and start doing their things. And unfortunately, that happened to some people. That is so painful. It, 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 it can make somebody sick. 
and to get to this stage of so even though the man of God was not the one involved in the matter he paint him on behalf of God that, what what else what else how how well can I tell these people I remember I was a teacher of the law to the extent that an unbelieving king acknowledged that then for them and then for it to start with leaders and it's not let's not just think oh it's the leaders in the church that pastor is talking about yes the leaders in the church are included but we are all leaders as parents as as fathers and mothers even if we are the head the firstborn in the family we are all leaders in our various capacities and we must show good example I know too well that when children or younger ones, they do what you do, not what you say. Because if I say to a little girl or a little boy, because I work with little children, and say, touch your eyes, and I'm touching my nose, there's a tendency for them to touch their nose, because they will copy what I do. So, as children of God, we need to be careful in this matter and do you know many at times I, I, I pity man and woman of God because many at times they would have told us this is the right way to go, this is the rightful living and people will do their own thing, walk their own way as soon as they get into trouble who do they come to? Uh, mommy, daddy, and cousin Man and woman of God, sleepless nights again. And because of the heart of a shepherd, they won't, even if they tell you, I've told you before, they will still be moved by com- compassion and be dealing with these matters. We need to be careful and follow the word of God. So the heart of the man of God was pained. Can you imagine after they started building the temple, there was opposition. They stopped for 16 years. God intervened. They built the temple. They've just eaten the Passover. All the treasures of, that was taken away by the Babylonian kings, unbelieving king, was restored back. Then only for people to eat and be satisfied and go and be doing silly things, marrying unbelieving people. Intermarry with them, they polluted the holy race. And ours might not be marriage. There are other things we do, we know it in our own secret, that in our heart, if we feel mm, we are having double minds, is this right? Is this wrong? More often than not, it is wrong. When our heart begins to condemn us about certain things, maybe the way we react to situation. Some of us, we are quick to get angry. We are quick to speak. We are quick to do things that is recorded in the Bible, that they are the things of the flesh. We are quick to judge others. When the Bible says we should just judge ourselves first and not others. So all these things, the Lord will help us to make things right this morning as we, we learn from this book of Ezra. So when this was reported to him, they, all the people, because of the 
of his democratic style of leadership. Somebody that was full of wisdom said, this is what we should do. These people who have done this, they need to be separated from the wives. They need to be to come back so that they won't pollute the holy race again. Because if they carry on in this way, the more children will be bought and the generation down line. Before you know it, the holy race will probably be completely wiped out. That was in chapter 9. They prayed and they all, because of the way the man of God took the lead and was so sorry, they were the people whose hearts were stirred by the word of the Lord as well, joined him and they confessed their sin and, and they made restitution and put people away. Those, there were a few opposition, few of them that said they were not going to follow that, that pattern. But eventually, those who were willing, they, they divorced their wife and let the unbelieving wives they, they released them of their marital duty. In chapter 10 was when they confessed their sin again and then they started counting and carry on and um, that was the end of Ezra. I believe we have learned something this morning. If I can just do a quick recap before I hand over to Pastor things we have learned we need to be full of the word of God as Ezra did because when we have the word of God in us we will shine the light of God and we need to be faithful and, in, and be diligent in whatever is committed unto our hands there's nothing new under the sun all this that was taught by Ezra in the Old Testament we have been privileged to, to be taught that in this sanctuary and much more. And they always say, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the Lord. May the Lord bless us this morning as we listen. And the first thing we're going to do is to thank God for the book of Ezra. We're going to thank God for the things that we have learned from the book of Ezra. We're going to thank God for in our time and in our generation, we know that there is an opportunity to rebuild. And that what God has planned and purposed for us, He will bring to pass. So let's lift up our voice and just thank God, first and foremost, for the book of Ezra. We'll take a few prayer points as we go. Let's lift up our voices in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for what we have learned from the book of Ezra. We thank you, Father God Almighty, for the things that we have learned Thank you, Lord God, for in this season, Father, that you have empowered and engraced us in this house to learn from the book of Ezra, to learn of the history, to learn what happened to the children of Israel under the leadership of Ezra. We give you praise and we thank you, Father. We thank you, our Lord and our God. We thank you, our Lord and our God. We thank you, our Lord and our God. We thank you for in our day and in our time, Father God, we can look back on this book of Ezra. And we can thank you, Father God, for the things that you have taught us as a church in the book of Ezra. 
We thank you, Lord God Almighty. We exalt and we magnify and praise your name. We thank you, Father God Almighty. We exalt and we magnify and praise your name for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, our Father and our God. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, we know that in the time of... There were lots of things that created and caused the situation where the children of Israel went into exile. But rather than focus on the past, we thank God because as it was taught us and was recorded, there was a time there was a man that knew God, Cyrus, and he gave a decree. And the children of Israel went returned. They started returning to Jerusalem. And the first thing pastor was reminding us of this morning was there was a time to rebuild the altar now i don't know where we have wandered how we have wandered when we came to christ jesus we came to christ jesus there was a passion there was the hunger there was the desire to move in the things of god to progress in the things of god and some of us have wandered we have allowed so many other things to crowd out the priorities that god wants of us this morning we're going to pray for a rebuilding of the altar. We know where we have all sort of like missed it. Some of us, we used to spend five hours spending time in reading and studying the word of God. In some cases, it was like every individual you met, especially the time you gave your life to Christ, everybody you met needed to know that you were a Christian. Somehow we have gotten complacent, we have gotten a bit, you know, I always use the example of the situation of a frog. And you'll pardon me this morning. See, the frog, if you put a frog in hot water, it jumps out of the hot water. But if you put a frog in cool water and you start to warm up that pot slowly, the frog will keep accommodating the heat until it gets cooked. Some of us have allowed ourselves, thankfully we're not cooked yet, but we've allowed ourselves to compromise. We're going to pray this morning, Lord, deal with yourself as an individual. Know where you have missed it, where as an individual you have maybe not missed it, but you have slacked. We know that there is there's more. When we read from the word of God, what does that mean to me? It's easy for us to say, oh, that was the time of, the, of Ezra. We're going to pray this morning. Ask that the Lord will strengthen you. You want to rebuild your altar. Deal with yourself as an individual. Let's lift up our voices in prayer. Father, we learn from the children of Israel this morning. There was a need to rebuild the altar. There was a need to rebuild the altar. The place of worship, the place of interaction with you, our Father and our Lord. This morning, Father God, we recognize that in different ways, Lord, we have missed it. In different ways, Lord, we have compromised. We are in different ways, Father Lord, we have accommodated the various day we, we have allowed your presence and your uh, and, and, and focus on you and on your word to be crowded out by several priorities in our lives. This is not so. This should not be so, Father God. So this morning, Father God, as individuals, Father, we come to your presence, Lord God. Lord, to ask, Father God, for your forgiveness. We ask this morning, Father God Almighty, as we have purpose, as we have listened, Father God, we rebuild the altar this morning. The place, Father God, of communion with you. The place, Father God, of communion with you. 
we rebuild the altar this morning. We ask, Father God Almighty, that that deep hunger, that deep desire, that deep hunger, that deep desire to enter into the fullness of that which you have planned and purposed, Lord, for us in this season and in this time. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for fresh hunger, fresh desire, Father God. As the children of Israel began to rebuild the altar, this morning, Father God, we rebuild the altar. We declare and commit ourselves, Father God, to rebuild in a place of worship, Lord. A place where we can offer prayers, our time of fellowship with you, Father God. Our time, Father God, of devotion with you. That interaction, Father God, with you. That one-on-one, Father God, where we can learn at your feet. Where we can hear from your throne of grace. Father, in every way in which we have missed it, Father, this morning we ask, Lord God Almighty... For your forgiveness and we ask lord god as we repent this morning father god that the place and the place of altar father god is being rebuilt where we can offer you burnt offerings our burnt offerings are sacrifices of prayer intercession father god where we can offer sacrifices father god petition father god and we can intercede on behalf of others this morning father god we rebuild our altar we rebuild our altar. We ask, Lord God Almighty, that as we lay the foundation, Father God Almighty, of a new altar, Father God, today in your presence, Father, that you will strengthen us. Father, we give you praise. We exalt your name. In Jesus' name. It was important for the children of Israel to build the altar first because they needed to be reconciled unto the Father and then to start to lay the, ten, the foundations of the temple to build the church. Because if you and I, if we do not have a relationship with God, how can we build the church? So we're going to pray today. We're going to pray this morning. We're going to say, Father, as we restore, as our relationship, one-on-one relationship with you is restored, help us, Father God, to reach out unto others that we might build the church. Let's lift up our voices. Father, the desire to go out there and to make a difference. The hunger, Father God Almighty, to spread the gospel, Lord, comes by having a deep relationship with you. So this morning, Father God, as we have asked, Lord, that you empower and grace us, Lord, to rebuild the altar. Father, we ask that you empower and grace us, Lord God, to rebuild the temple. Lord, we ask, Father God, that you empower and grace us, Lord God, to rebuild the temple. That, Father God, as we go out, Lord, that we might witness diligently, Father. That we might witness diligently that many who are lost and dead in sin shall be reconciled unto you by the testimony of our lips, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we shall have a deep hunger and a deep desire, Father God, to spread the gospel. That the gates of hell will not prevail. That the gates of hell will not prevail. Thank you, Father God Almighty. We give you praise and we thank you, Lord God, that you empower us. Lord God, as we have made commitments, Father God, that you grant us the eloquence, the words, Father God, to speak in time and in season. A desire, Father God, to share your faithfulness with others who we meet, Father. Grant us the, the intellect, Father God, and the ability to, to, to present your word, Father God, sim- with simplicity and in honesty and in truth, Father. That those that listen to us, that their hearts might be touched. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. As we seek to rebuild, there will be opposition. As we seek to rebuild, there will be opposition. 
the opposition comes in different manners, in different ways. There are several laws in the land that stops you at times from preaching the gospel the way you'd want to build it. That is an opposition. There are laws that says you cannot share your faith. That is an opposition. We're going to pray that every wall of opposition that stops us from ministry and spreading the gospel in this land will be broken down. Let's lift up our voices. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up the nation of United Kingdom at this time. Father God, in Jesus' name we pray that every law, every decree, that every, every law, every any guidance, Father God, that stops us and prevents us from exercising that, 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 that God-ordained commission, Father, to go out and preach the gospel, all those laws that have been enacted to prevent us from speaking the word with, of God boldly, Father, we decree at this hour that those laws begin to crumble in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord God, that every such opposition that stops us from preaching the word of God, as you have ordained and asked us to, Father God, we pull them down in the name of Jesus. Every opposition Every opposition, every opposition, every opposition, every opposition. We pull them down in the name of Jesus. We pull down every opposition in the name of Jesus. Father, the laws almighty that have been made in this land that stops us from preaching the word, we ask, Lord, that in this new parliament they shall be repealed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God Almighty, that the, that, the, that the laws that try to create equality in things that are contrary to your plan and our purpose, Father God, concerning us as a church that puts the church down, Father God, we stand against it in the name of Jesus, and we declare that those be broken down in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise and we thank you. We exalt you, our Father and our God. We praise you, Father. In Jesus' name. Finally, this morning we learned about intermarriage. We learned about intermarriage. We learned about alliances that are contrary to the plans and the purposes of God. And those sort of alliances were what resulted in the situation where people could no longer be numbered amongst the priests. The Bible says that there were some that could not be found. Their names could not be found in the, in the list of priests. Because they married and they took on the names of the people, of the family of the bride. So their own lineage was cut off. They could no longer find their record. But there came a time that the children of Israel, who had returned the exiles, began to confess their sins. And we're going to pray this morning. Then everywhere which we have compromised as individuals... And we have taken on, we have stepped out into the areas where God has, has decreed that we should not. This morning we ask God for forgiveness. We confess this, our sins and we confess the sins of our brothers and our sisters. And we ask, Lord, that we ask that the Lord would empower and grace us that as, we are, as we have confessed our sins. We will not go back to our vomit like a dog in the name of Jesus. Let's lift up our voice in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Father God, because we have the opportunity, Lord, to confess our sins in ways in which we have compromised, Father God. 
As a people, Father God, we have not been diligent in the things of, your, of the kingdom. We have intermarried. We have compromised with sin. We have accommodated sin. We have, we have excused the things, we have excused the things of, of, of the gospel. We, we have allowed ourselves to, to, to water down the gospel, the truth of the word. Father God, we have intermarried, we have interacted, we have compromised, we have gone into partnership with the world. Father God, in every way in which we have done that, the church, Father God, has gone. And, and at times, Father God, where there is no little difference. We do business like the world. We speak like the world. We enjoy and watch what the world watch. We take pleasure in the things of the world. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we confess that, Lord, today as sin. And Father, we ask, Lord God, as we, have recon- we have, as we are reconciled unto you, Father God, that we, uh, we disassociate ourselves. We look unto you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before me endured the cross and despised the shame. Lord, grant us the ability to stand strong in a sinful world, in the society amongst us, Father God, that we shall be a beacon of light in this season and in this time in the name of Jesus. Our Father and our God, we praise and we thank you. We exalt your name, our Father, in Jesus' name. Let's thank God now for a time of restoration. Let's thank God for the new beginning. Let's thank God because he's going to catapult us into the fullness of what, that which he has planned and purposed, that our lives will be renewed. Let's give God praise. Let's just begin to exalt the name of the Lord and thank him for answered prayers this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord God, because your word says when we call upon you, you will answer us and you show us great and mighty things that we do not know. So, Father God, we thank you this morning because we know that before we came here, you had a plan and a purpose for us. The things that we have learned this morning, they shall translate us, Lord, into a new, a new desire, a new hunger. Father God, for the things and the purposes, Lord God, of your kingdom. Father, we praise you. We exalt you, Father. We praise and we exalt you, our Lord and our God. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. We thank you, Father God Almighty. We thank you, our Father and our God, for your word declares, Lord God, that in everything we pray and thanksgiving, Lord, we should make our request known unto you. So we have prayed this morning, Father God, and we have made our request made unto, unto you. We thank you, Lord God Almighty, for you, have des- you, you desire, Lord, that we focus on the things of the kingdom. And we give you praise. We exalt and magnify your name, our Father and our God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Before we take our seats...